1: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Takes a shot. Here's Collins Davis, wide open. Davis, still going, and he's in for the touchdown. he
0: hit immediately
1: yes. when he got
0: the handoff. You know <laughs> The q Oh, my gosh. Thank you.
1: From the playlikeajet.com digital studios. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And we're going to talk OTAs. This is the first one that the beat reporters were allowed access to, not counting minicamp. This is with the players beyond just the rookies. And so for that, we bring in our friend covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, must have been fun to be out there on a nice day watching football once again.
0: Yeah, it was great. And uh, for those of us who were vaccinated, they allowed us to, to watch without masks. So that was a big bonus for the first time. You know, really, I mean, everything last year, we were wearing masks every second we were in the facility. So it was just nice to be able to watch football and breathe. Uh, so, yeah, it was cool and and it was good to be out there and, and, and you know, getting closer to, to real football. And this, these are obviously the early steps. But, yeah, it was nice to to be out there.
1: Let's start with the downer, and that's the bad news that happened here. Injuries. Foley Fadakasi went down early, and so did Lawrence Cager.
0: Yeah, in the first play of team drills, uh Fadakasi seemed to get tangled up with somebody. he uh, was favoring his right leg. He got off, limped away. And I gotta be honest, I did not I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't think he he returned, but he may he might have. I I I'm not sure on that one. And then Cager suffered some sort of hamstring injury it looked like and it looked pretty serious at first like they turned off the music and and several players took a knee eventually they moved the practice onto the other side of the field and he got up and ended up walking back to the locker room on his own very gingerly so um, that's not an ideal situation for him obviously he dealt with some injury issues last year too after after i think getting hurt in the games at MetLife, so or maybe in a in a scrimmage
1: i can't remember but
0: yeah, it wasn't an ideal uh, situation, but other than that, they, from what I could see, they made it through the practice okay.
1: As far as attendance goes, no Carl Lawson, no Denzel Mims, no Jamison Crowder, no Marcus May, no Makai Bechtin here on this Thursday.
0: Yeah, Robert Sala told us before practice that they've had over 80 guys per day to, to start, and I wouldn't read too much into some of those. Obviously, May read into that because there's a reason he's not there, but with the other guys, we know Beckton was there earlier this week because the team tweeted out a photo of him um, and, and some of the other guys. I mean, th- this was the final day for the week for them, and and it seemed to be a little bit of a lighter practice than maybe what they had been doing before. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But yeah, it was it was there was about eighty guys there today, uh, but definitely some notable names like like you said, Crowder wasn't there as well. Um, but but good turnout and, and a good chance to get at least a little bit of a preview, but those are some big names and it'll be interesting to see who's there next week. And obviously we'll probably get to see all of them during mini camp in a couple
1: weeks. Corey Davis was there, but he didn't practice, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He was off to the side and uh, we're not sure why, because we talked to Sala before practice, but he was there in his Jersey, but didn't participate in the drills before the individual drills. And then didn't obviously participate in team drills
1: play like a jet play like a jet not a whole lot to talk about in terms of what went down on the field but the big highlight was a pass from zach wilson to one of the newest players on the new york jets offense keelan cole
0: yeah so i'll I'll just kind of give you the rundown they basically the first hour of practice was a lot of individual drills and for those of you wondering why there's not a lot of video out there it's just they were on the second field especially with the quarterbacks it was. We went over there, and basically in front of us, all they did was hand off the ball, and then they went to the far side of that field long ways to, to throw all the passes. So there just wasn't a good opportunity for us to shoot video, and uh, the Jets, after individual drills, they don't allow video to be shot, so we can't show you in video what's going on in team drills. Just I know people ask me about that on Twitter all the time. That's, that's what's up with that. Um, and about an hour into the practice, they, they went right into team drills, um, they only did eight reps in team drills. So it's, it's and these are non-contact drills. It's hard to really take too much out of this. And then they did about, by my account, I think there were 12 reps in seven on seven. Uh, I'm talking about first team reps. So for Wilson, so we basically saw him for about 20 plays live. Uh, if I did my math correctly <laughs> there, because he was going about four plays uh, a set and he went five on the last one. So I had him down for in team drills. He was two for three. the the nice There was a the nice pass. His first pass of the day to uh, to Cole was over the middle. A lot of velocity on the ball. Led him perfectly. It, it was definitely a first down. It's hard to estimate how far it would have gone for in a game because, you know, there's no tackling. Uh, his incompletion was a low ball. He was under a little bit of pressure. A low ball underneath to Herndon. It was not a good throw, Herndon. Did not drop it. It was just it was a tough throw. Probably threw it a little too hard. And then in seven on seven drills, which is where that really nice pass to Cole came, it was just it was a floater, probably for about twenty yards. It was just perfectly placed where Cole could reach over his shoulder and grab it, just out of the reach of Bless Austin, who if he got his head head around, probably could have gotten a hand on it. But still it wasn't a throw that could have been intercepted. It was it was just perfectly placed and it dropped it right into the bread basket there for about 20, 25 yards and it was pretty and it was perfectly arced and perfect velocity. I mean, just fell right into his hands. So that was a very nice play. And he really did develop a bit of a connection with Cole today. Uh, by my count, there was at least five balls that, that Cole ca- caught uh, by far more than anybody else. And that makes sense because it was kind of the most experienced receiver he was working with, with Davis and, and Mims and and Crowder not there. So that that look, he looked like what he should look like for the number two pick. He throws the ball nicely. He could see the field clearly. He didn't seem overwhelmed. He didn't seem slow. He didn't seem like he didn't have an understanding of what was going on. Uh, he 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 seemed like he knew what he was doing, and he wasn't perfect, but he has a really good arm, and and that was on display. So exactly what you would want to see from your number two overall pick in a non-contact practice.
1: Wilson's main receivers in practice today, the aforementioned Keelan Cole, Josh Malone, Elijah Moore, Tevin Coleman, and Chris Herndon. So you didn't see all of the weapons, but you got to see him work with some of the guys that are going to be key pieces on this offense this year.
0: Yeah, and and Braxton Berrios also got involved too. Uh, but, but yeah, so you saw a, a preview um, you know, Michael Carter looked pretty good. I mean, he, he's definitely shifty, uh, can can change direction really quickly, o- elusive, low to the ground, fast. I mean, uh, he was impressive. Again, it's hard to kind of judge a running back or, or a guy who's catching short passes out of the backfield because there's, there, you don't know if he's really making these guys miss or if they're pulling up because they can't hit him, but yeah, though that that was what we saw. And again, it's hard to take too much out of this, but there were no warning signs or, or alarm bells that went off. They weren't terrible like they were at times last year during camp. It it seemed to all go very smoothly and he seemed to have a good understanding. I mean, when you complete, you know, ten out of twelve in in, in seven on seven and two out of three. So what is that? Ten on ten? <laughs> I'm bad at math, but twelve out of 14, basically, or 12 out of 15, that's that's a pretty good day. So um, we'll see how he progresses as things go on and and see how he looks at at minicamp when he has his full complement of weapons
1: after practice the players spoke but as you alluded to before before practice Robert Sala spoke talked a little bit about the cornerback position which is something a lot of fans are worried about talked about Zach Wilson and even talked a little bit about being at Madison Square Garden for the Knicks game yesterday
0: yeah well we'll start with the Knicks game he said that it was just I think it was his first time going to game at MSG and he said it was it lived up to everything he hoped it would be and it was a great atmosphere and And that, you know, obviously the Jets are are trying to create a a similar type deal uh, with them. And and it it is similar on a number of levels because the Jets haven't been to a playoff, to the playoffs in an even longer time than the Knicks, you know, absence. That was their first playoff win in eight years the other night. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm sure that was a cool thing for him. And and he definitely got a positive reception, as everybody saw on the videos and and who was watching the broadcast, you know, that, that all that stuff that was shared, he, he got a warm reception. So definitely a different vibe around this team and Salah is a big reason why. And he, he talked about the cornerbacks um, and it was interesting because he, he talked about that right now they're good with what they've got, but with the keyword being right now, because the quarter, the quarterback, the cornerback room is just not very proven. So he said he feels good about the position and that there are a lot of guys in there that he thinks has the talent and the size to to work for his system and that it wouldn't make sense to bring in. He said the easy thing to do would be to bring in a veteran cornerback right now, but he doesn't want to do that because it would just eat up reps for these young guys who need it and are eager to prove themselves. So he wants these guys to get the chance to prove themselves. And then seemingly if it doesn't work out, they're, they're going to be open at some point when we get closer to training camp or whenever to adding a veteran cornerback. But for right now, they're going to ride with this group and kind of see what they can do.
1: After practice, we heard from CJ Mosley who was there today as well as Zach Wilson. What did they have to say?
0: So CJ Mosley was interesting. Uh, this was the first time we had talked to him since he decided to opt out. I mean, we didn't talk to him after that. So the first time since he opted out that, that we talked to him and, he basically didn't give a specific reason other than it was a hard decision. It was one he agonized over. Um, he said he went back and forth talking to Adam Gase at the time. He was a coach. Sorry to bring up that name, but I have to. And, and there was a team psychiatrist who was there back then that he, that he worked with as well. And just in the end, he decided that it was just the right decision for him and his family and and that's why he decided to opt out. He said it was difficult watching the games. He watched all the games and it was difficult, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly uh, dealing with that and not being able to contribute, especially after, you know, his year in 2019, which was a nightmare. And then we talked to him about that and, and how does he feel? I asked him how he felt at this point And if he feels he can get back to the level he was at, and he said that he he's very confident he can get back to that level and he feels good physically, mentally, emotionally, all that. Um, and but he did add that he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder for some of the doubters, both you know Jets fans and otherwise, who you know don't aren't happy with with how this contract has worked out and aren't happy with you know the fact that he's really only played three quarters since signing that deal. And he basically said like, there's a little extra chip there to make sure they still respect the name. So that can't be a bad thing for the Jets that Mosley is mo- is obviously has a big reason to be motivated and, and has plenty to prove. And, you know, he, he's still young enough to definitely uh, come back and play well. It's it's just nobody really knows how he's going to look until we until we see it. So he also talked about Zach Wilson and he said, that, you know, the one word he used to describe him is compose and, and that he's been impressed by the rookie's kind of mindset and the way that he's uh, – carried himself for these this first week of OTAs and and he clearly has no worries about them. And, And one more thing Salah said that I should mention is that, that Wilson has really impressed him with the way that he's embraced learning the playbook and how quickly he's progressed. And we did see some signs of that at practice today. Like Wilson was, you know, this is only really their third real practice. If you want to call it a real practice and he was already changing plays at the line during certain drills and stuff like that. So Again, just more evidence of what I said earlier, that that he's comfortable with the situation. And then with Wilson, I mean, he kind of downplayed what Salah said. He said, you know, that's nice of him to say, but like my focus is, that's what my focus is on is getting the stuff that that's my job. I have to do that. So he's got the right mindset there. And, And then a couple interesting nuggets on Wilson. He talked about, he was asked about what his initial reaction was to that week one matchup with Sam Darnold, which obviously is going to put the microscope on both of them uh, even more. And he just kind of laughed and said, you know, my first thought was typical NFL. Um, You know, they're always looking for these good games and and that will be a good one. But he said he's not, he's excited for that opportunity and knowing that there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on the game, but it's not about like proving that he was a better choice than Sam Darnold for the Jets moving forward. He has no ill will towards Sam and he's happy that he's getting an opportunity. But just the fact that, you know, it's an exciting matchup. And then he kind of went into the whole, like, every matchup's exciting. But the first part was good, talking about, you know, he knows there's going to be eyeballs on that game, and he doesn't seem to be shying away from it. And then another kind of funny thing was he was talking about adjusting to life in, in New Jersey. He said the first thing he said is, like, the traffic's not that bad. So, obviously, maybe he's driving <laughs> early in the morning. I don't know. But give, give it a year, buddy. Let's see how you feel about that in a year. And then he said something that was a little more – you know uh in line with my experience here that there's a lot of aggressive drivers and Mm -hmm. and he's getting cut off all the time so um yeah i mean that that is kind of a thing here and and it might be jarring if you're not from here even though we become used to it but yeah it's it's you got to have your head on a swivel out there so um welcome to jersey zach and and you'll get used to it pretty quickly i would say
1: Andy, I'm counting on you and Chris Nimbly and Daryl and Dennis and all the guys on the beat to educate Zach Wilson about the fact that to counteract what he's going to eventually come to grips with as far as how bad the traffic is. Now, I know he said it hasn't been bad so far, but as you said, give it a hear is that we need to tell him about the great diners and the great pizza places that we've got in the New York, New Jersey area. So we've got to make a list, compile it for the podcast, and then you guys got to bring it to Zach because (laughs) I'm not saying that he needs to be eating too much pizza during the regular season and messing up his in-season diet, but at some point he's going to have to sample the best of what New York and New Jersey have to offer.
0: Well, I think he already has because he did mention during the uh – during his interview that he has uh, already made it into the city a couple times. He obviously went to long Island to go to that, that hockey game uh, mm-hmm. last week. So he got a taste of long Island. He said he, he didn't say whose house I'm guessing it was Greg van rodens, but he went to one of the offensive linemen's house in, in long Island and said, I, you don't think of a beach when you think of long Island, but it was actually quite beautiful. And nice. And then he said, we went down the city and, enjoyed some some nice restaurants and he said that's one of his favorite things to do here so far so um look we're gonna have plenty of time to get into hard hitting stuff on on zach wilson this is what it is it's it's otas it's early um you know he's passed his first test the next thing we want to see is how he does next week and how he does in mini camp and and then you know we get to the real evaluation stage when they put on the pads and training camp and it's going to be you know super interesting so but yeah i mean he's definitely seems to be comfortable with with his new surrounds and and everything that comes with it and i mean imagine being 21 years old the quarterback of the jets and and having you know new york city at your doorstep it would be a pretty cool deal especially with things you know opening back up now it's a, it's a, not a bad situation for him uh and And I think he'll actually get to know the area pretty well this summer.
1: Andy, two other quick notes before we go. The Jets announced this morning that Alex Lewis had restructured his deal. Next year is gone. That's off the books. And this year, his salary goes from $5.8 million to $3 million. So some savings there. Gives the Jets some flexibility because we don't know for sure what they're going to do at right guard. We would assume that Elijah Vera Tucker will start at left guard, at right guard. You got Van Roten. You got Lewis. You got Mr. And you've got the other option being Cam Clark, who they drafted in the fourth round last year. So there'll be a competition there. And theoretically now, the Jets can keep Lewis at $3 million, even if he isn't a starter, because $3 million for a backup swing guard is not the worst thing in the world. And then the other thing is they did hire Matt Burke as a game management coach. The strange thing about this, Andy, is that Matt Burke was on the staff for three years with the coach whose <laughs> name shall not be mentioned... So it is odd that he would come in here. Of course, he did spend the last two years with the Philadelphia Eagles. This is something that most people praised. I can't really get into the weeds on that because I don't know enough about Matt Burke's coaching capabilities. But if he's only coming in here to help with game management, that's fine with me. So two moves that aren't going to shake up the world, but they do seem to be positive moves, even if they're relatively small.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the coaching move is is something that was regarded highly around around the league. So while it might be jarring to see a familiar uh, a face that you've seen standing next to a guy that that you don't want to think of, I don't think it's anything to to be w- worried about <laughs> for Jets fans. They you know Salah obviously has a very clear idea of how he wants to build a staff and 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 how he wants to run things and and you know that he's going to fit into that. So that's not a worry. And yeah, like you said with Lewis, I just think that basically guarantees not guarantees, but it makes it extremely likely that he'll be on the roster and rightfully so at that, at that cost. Um, Cause it gives them depth and a guy who definitely is capable of being a, a solid starter. If he can, if he can stay healthy, but that's obviously been a big if the last couple of years, but Yeah, it makes sense that something something had to give it wasn't he he was either probably not going to come back and they were going to take the $5 million cap savings um, at that price this this way they they get the depth and and they can justify it if he's not the starter.
1: Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about OTAs with me. Really appreciate it. We've got one of these a week for the next couple of weeks that they're letting the media in for. So I'm not sure exactly what the schedule is, but we're going to do a show for each of the OTAs that you get access for and you're going to write about it. You'll have a big write-up for this and everything else over at NorthJersey.com where you can get six months of access for only one buck right now, right? Yeah, I'm not
0: sure if that promo is still going, but but there's whatever the promo is, it's a good deal and you should do it. I, I will say <laughs> that. And you'll be able to read things that I write, which are really, really good. But you know, on Friday, we're going to have a full recap of, of Zach Wilson's day. It'll actually be up before then, but go check it out. Just kind of how he looks, some observations I had, and some of the things that he said and, and others said about him. Also, we'll go in depth on the CJ Mosley thing, and, and we'll kind of look ahead to some other uh, things that we should be looking out for this offseason. And I'd also encourage you to check out, I did a 53-man roster projection, and kind of talking about the guys who have the most to prove within that Uh Obviously, it's way too early to project the 53-man roster, but I just think it's a good exercise in terms of just kind of seeing where the depth of this team is at, where the strengths are, and, and where the, the weaknesses are. And And doing something like that makes it quite obvious. I think a lot of you guys already know these things, but um, there's a little bit more nuance there as to why some some of the weaknesses may not be as weak as you think, and some of the strengths may not be as strong as you think. So definitely check it out.
1: Make sure you're checking out everything Andy's doing at NorthJersey.com and everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com. We've got a write-up of what happened with Alex Lewis. Luke Grant's got that up. We've got something that Steve Ballou put together about how Zach Wilson is building early chemistry with his teammates. And we've got a ton of stuff on our YouTube channel, Kayla Pace with Pace's Playbook, her regular commentaries in video form. Luke Grant has a brand-new video breakdown from Zach Wilson's domination over Western Kentucky We've got breakdowns of Elijah Moore We've got breakdowns of Michael Carter And so much more That's all on our Play Like a Jet YouTube channel So subscribe if you haven't already And make sure you give us a five-star review On the podcast for iTunes If you haven't done that already Easy way to help out the show If you like what we're doing Doesn't take you much time Doesn't cost you any money But it goes a long way to help us out So if you could go ahead and do that for us We'd be quite grateful And for the latest and greatest In New York Jets podcasts and content Content, you know where to go That's play like a jet digital and play like a